Welcome to the I'm in my 20s podcast, the podcast that empowers you to make the best of your 20s through candid, insightful, and inspiring conversations. My name is Meg, and let's get started. But like, there's this whole, I don't know, life behind you that like you've done so many great accomplishments, achievements, there's so many things to be proud of. So I think those like small moments when you're feeling like I, I'm not good enough you just have to like sit down and like calm yourself yes you are you are good enough <laughs> hey listeners welcome back to the I'm in my 20s podcast it has been a long time and I miss talking to you guys so welcome back and I'm so excited to launch season five just as 2022 is right on the horizon some big changes coming up as I navigate this very new chapter of life in full force adulthood post-graduation so this season is definitely going to encompass that a bit more speaking of adulthood and post-grad life today's episode is with my good friend Marion and we both started out in East Vancouver kind of just grew up here went to high school here went to university together studied at Sauter together graduated together however Marion has taken the leap and now is halfway across the world all the way in Denmark she moved there all alone to start a new life over there and so today's episode is all about her journey her decision processes kind of the challenges and self-doubts that she had to overcome and what kind of ultimately led her here, which is, of course, the beginning to another long journey. So without further ado, let us begin. Today, I'm sharing a conversation with my very good friend who is currently across an ocean from me, all the way in Denmark, and I'm here in Vancouver. But this is my friend, Marion. So welcome to the podcast, Marion. Can you give our listeners a brief introduction of who you are? Yeah, thank you, Meg. Um, so my name is Marion, and I'm currently based in Copenhagen in Denmark. I recently graduated in May from Zara School of Business alongside Meg. Um, <laughs> and I'm currently working at a consulting firm um, doing media and comms um, consulting work here in Denmark, uh, but focused on global development and social impact related projects, which have always been an interest of mine. Um, mm. I guess in my free time, I love to get outdoors and go cycling and running, hiking if I have the time, but haven't really had the time these days <laughs> but yeah that's a little bit about me love it I want to ask you a icebreaker question for our listeners to get to know you and this is going to be curveball kind of okay so what is one thing that you have to do before you die one thing I have to do oh my gosh so this has been on my bucket list ever since I was like six years old mm-hmm. I really really want to go paragliding in Switzerland Ooh. Um, I think I I saw like a video when I was a kid and I was like, this is my dream to go to this mountain and go paragliding. So I think Mm -hmm. I'll be able to make it happen in the near future because I'm very close. I think so too. You're already like geographically getting closer to the Yeah, yeah. Bucket list is going to be checked off very soon. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have been literally like living vicariously through Marion because she's all the way in Europe and just living it up. And you were literally in Dubai, right? Like a few weeks ago. And I've just been stuck here in Vancouver (laughs) for like the whole year. Like the only time I was gone from Vancouver was when I was in Victoria, like a couple weeks ago to get my new bike. But (laughs) damn. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because I think when I got here, COVID restrictions also 
were super eased and I think two weeks after like they got rid of all restrictions mm-hmm. so I think like seeing you all back in Vancouver with masks on still socially distanced I'm like, oh, living <laughs> in a totally different world here so um, sad sometimes I wish I was just not in North America you know <laughs> come place- visit you'll always have a place to stay <laughs> honestly i might come visit in december but i want to like kind of give our listeners some context on how we know each other so you guys know me and marion went to the same school and both graduated from ubc solder at the same time like earlier this year but we also love biking so we spent some time biking Mm -hmm. in the summer but our friendship actually goes way way back like how many years back like (laughs) six years back six years yeah yeah six years yeah. Do you want to tell how we met? Well, I thought the first time we met was first year, like, Calm 101, but then realized that we actually competed in a case competition in grade 12. In yeah. It was based in, it was in Solder, right? Yeah, it was in Solder, yeah. but um, we were both in grade 12. And then I think both of us were just, like, kind of sussing each other out with like because yeah. we're on different we're from different schools and I was like oh that girl looks super intense like yeah <laughs> but that's yeah so I guess that's how we I guess met but yeah. we didn't really keep in touch but then when we came um when university started we started talking and then we were part of social enterprise club together and that's mm. how I think we really got to know each other better and spend more time together as friends yeah yeah that was a big highlight but oh my gosh ignite in grade 12 i remember that was my very first case competition and marion's team so marion's from killarney this other high school in east van and remember your team like won first place or something and then yeah my team (laughs) my team actually scored like 60 out of 100 so we were literally trash (laughs) i was like oh my gosh why is the clarny kid so smart and then i remember seeing you at solder and i was like oh my god now she's my classmate and i was honestly quite honestly i was a bit intimidated by you at first because i was like oh my gosh she won ignite that year but sec was like yeah we didn't knock this super briefly together but i think sec was like the big one and we got to work together he was a highlight yeah 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 i convinced you to be the the co-chair for conference yeah Um, yeah it's like meg do you want to be the co-chair like (laughs) yeah marianne literally like scouted me out (laughs) she like reached out to me it's like meg do you want to be co-chair instead i was like okay (laughs) big imposter syndrome but i did it with simon and then marianne was present that year that year this was like 2018 you you both did an amazing job so oh thank you yeah so many good times at ubc but lo and behold (laughs) Yeah, I got. I guess we got to kind of grow together throughout university and see each other go through these different stages of, oh, like career goals and ambitions. And there was a point in time where both of us thought we wanted to pursue accounting and become CPAs. You remember that? <laughs> yep, <laughs> I, I sure do. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember vividly like another friend of ours, like Sandy, like all three of us wanted to become accountants. And we were both kind of aiming for like different big fours and ended up working for a different big four accounting firms. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh, imagine like, oh, we could just invite each other as plus ones to our Christmas parties and we could just like live it up that way. But we all ended up ditching that path. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Yeah. yeah. What was the thought process for you that went on behind that? Because I share a lot about my journey on that through my podcast. But 
-hmm. what was the path for you in kind of deciding you wanted to be a CPA, but then kind of like pivoting completely? Right. Um, So for me, I think I've always lived a very structured and planned life. Like I've always knew that like I, I always wanted to have a lot of control over my life. I wanted to know exactly where I'll be in the next year, two years, three years. So a lot of like meticulous planning going into it. And I think coming into business school and not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do, that was really scary for me. Um, And then I think in first, second year, there was just a lot of peers around me who were going into accounting. And I was like, oh, like, seems like a cool path. And then um, like all the recruiting events were super fun. And like, I, it seemed like a really nice path for like my lifestyle and what I wanted to get out of business school mm-hmm. um so that's how I started and I think it was really easy to get into that whole um I guess like CPA recruit cycle just because like you Sandy like oh, a bunch of our friends like were doing it together so it felt like yeah. a team effort to like mm-hmm. go through this whole thing together and um yeah like, and, and you knew exactly where you were going to be what you were going to be doing at the end of like x amount of years you knew what you were going to get out of it. So I think like the way that you were able to get so much control and like you you knew exactly what you're getting yourself into. I really enjoyed that back yeah. back in the day. <laughs> back when I was in, in back when we were back in third year. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's how I initially got into it. Um, and then the latter part of your question was how did I pivot? Yeah. Yeah. So as for that, I think always in the back of my mind I also questioned whether or not if it was a good path for me and if it was right for me um I think it checked off my values of like having control and predictability and stability but I think on the flip side I was just contemplating like I'm 20 I'm in my early 20s I really want to be pursuing other things like personal goals one of the things on my list was to move to Europe and um yeah try that out and I think there wasn't a lot of flexibility if I was going to start full-time working um at a firm in Vancouver um and then by that time I'd be in my mid-20s and like I would want to stay comfortable or like in in a stable job so I think I've always had that in the back of my mind but it was really scary to make that move and I think for you, Meg, when you told me that you were going to switch from accounting to marketing, I was like, wow, that's like crazy. Like, what's Meg doing? But then I think <laughs> I also just admired so much of your like courageousness to be able to like take that leap um, and like know for sure, like, well, not for sure. Like you didn't know for sure if like marketing mm-hmm. would be a good fit, but you were able to just like take that leap and yeah. see where it took you and like. I don't know. I, you seem a lot happier <laughs> than, yeah. was, than taking our accounting courses back. Like, <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. So yeah, cool. I think just like in the back of my mind, I always knew like it wasn't something I wanted to like, I wasn't passionate about doing accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all these personal um, goals were in my mind. And then I think the big turning point was last year when I was on exchange and I had Mm -hmm. to come back home early because of COVID. Um, And I think it was just like a big epiphany. I'm like, if I want to do something 
in my 20s, if I want to move across the world and live there, like I need to do it as soon as possible. Like as soon as I have the time to, if I have the opportunity to, I'm going to um, pursue it ASAP. So (laughs) I think, yeah, that's how I was able to like realize that I can, you know, break apart from this like vision I had or like this Mm -hmm. set path I had set for myself and then kind of pivot towards another path. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really takes a lot of courage. And it's really hard to break out of something that you've been kind of wanting and being so used to your entire life. And I relate a Mm -hmm. lot with that aspect of kind of structure and security and safety. But this is a pretty common theme as well on my podcast too, when I feature guests, because I like featuring people who are courageous enough to kind of take the route that is a bit more unconventional, even if it comes a with a bit more risk and a bit more uncertainty. But at the end of the day, like it's cheesy, but I like to say I would <laughs> rather do something. I mean, I would rather regret something I did than something I didn't do. So even if mm-hmm. you do something and it's like, oh, maybe this isn't for me, but hey, at least you like gave it a shot and you went out and lived it as opposed to like always wondering, oh, what could have been for me? Like what what is that version of Marion in Europe that maybe I'll never get to know if I just ended up mm-hmm. staying comfortable here in Vancouver? Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That takes so much courage. And that turning point is really, really cool. But when you faced that kind of turning point, was there a lot of, I guess, self-doubt? Or did you ever worry about, oh, what do people think of me because I'm switching up my career, like 180? And how did you deal with that doubt? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think for sure there, there was always that doubt because I think the status quo of what I what you know was supposed to be my life like that was always my frame of reference whenever Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of different career options or doing something completely different moving to a different country I would always go back to like how much better is my life going to be or like how I'm like in different aspects of my life like does it tick the box but I would always compare back to you know like what my life back in Vancouver and the life that I had planned out So I think it was really difficult sometimes, like when some days I'm like, yes, I'm going to move across the world. I'm going to work in this sector. And then other days I'd be like, that's really scary to do. And like, I'm not going to be able to get a job in that area. So like, what am I doing? Like, this is a waste of time. So I think there was a lot of self-doubt and kind of going back and forth. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's, it was definitely difficult, but I think, there was also just a lot of encouragement from my family as well as like friends and peers around me who maybe I just like went to the right people, like Mm. talking to people who, you know, like value the like taking a leap of faith or taking a different, more untraditional path. So I think Mm -hmm. I was able to just like listen to friends who've maybe taken a more different or unconventional path and kind of get inspiration from their stories and their experiences and take their advice forward so I think that really helped me yeah that's so true like the kind of frame of reference is hard to like break through but like the people that you surround yourself by kind of help you reframe that and be like hey Mm -hmm. like this is what is possible and I don't need to tie myself down to this other frame of reference that I was always referencing all my life. But you've done a lot of really cool stuff throughout university too, such as like your trip to Kenya, you did like international case competitions and all of that stuff. Do you think those experiences also played a big part in you kind of choosing to take this leap of faith? 
Yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> I feel like university was so like much. so long ago, but I know. Yeah, I mean, in second year, I got to go to Kenya through the Solder Social Entrepreneurship Kenya program, where we were, me and a couple of other solder students taught entrepreneurship. So I think that was a really cool international experience doing all the international case competitions for solder and then going on exchange. I think all of those like experiences just showed me how big this world is and like Mm -hmm. growing up in Vancouver all my life I think I really needed a change of scenery and change of pace so I think being able to have these like um short trips or like short experiences Mm -hmm. to get a taste and flavor of what life abroad would look like I think that really helped because had I not gone to these like all of these different countries or did um and I think like a part of it was like, it wasn't just for travel. It was to do volunteering or it was to study. It was to compete. Um, so I think like having some kind of purpose in, in that opportunity um, to be abroad was a good mm-hmm. like teaser for what it would be like to move abroad. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think definitely these experiences just like helped build my sense of awareness of what I wanted as well as just like being comfortable of like being able to branch out and Mm -hmm. um, move yeah yeah for sure I think travel is something that a lot of 20-somethings kind of also glamorize right like oh like if I had the money I would like travel the world or something that they kind of strive towards and Mm -hmm obviously like expectations versus reality, like there's a bit of a difference. So I'm curious to hear your perspective because you've traveled a lot. Was there anything that happened or anything about your experience where it didn't meet your expectations or it completely like broke your expectations on what it should be like? I feel like most of my travels have been pretty great. (laughs) I don't don't know if I've I've had any like bad experiences or like travel like like my expectations not meeting because I think a lot of times I travel and like I don't have I don't set like a high bar like an expectation of like I need to see xyz and I need to do and pursue all of this during this time I think Mm -hmm. it's more so about the company that you have as well as yeah um just like experiencing being in a totally new part of the world and culture food and all of that so I think it's just mm-hmm. about like appreciating um like the small things when you when you are traveling yeah what about in terms of living away from your family because I also grew up in Vancouver mm-hmm. practically most of my life and you said you did that yeah. too so how has that changed being away from home um like I definitely miss my family I miss my dog a lot <laughs> um, I miss your dog too <laughs> but I think at the same time I've lived at home for all my life so I think I was ready to you know like leave the nest as as people say it Um, yeah exactly I think I've been not I don't want to say sheltered but I think just like being living under the same roof as my parents and just having like being very comfortable about going home and having a meal ready for me and like mm. my parents like um yeah like I think it's just I've wanted to feel that sense of independence and responsibility and being able mm-hmm. to take ownership of I guess my life and like what I do and 
Um, yeah, so I think I was definitely ready to move out and live myself. Yeah, so it's a nice balance of like, ah, like I'm finally doing it. I'm finally like living alone and being super independent. But I mean, there are times where I feel lonely and I like miss my family a lot. That sense of responsibility of being alone is a huge part (laughs) in your 20s because I think that like learning through career is one thing, but another big Mm -hmm. piece is just learning through being alone and being away from family Mm -hmm. and being self-sufficient and independent and stuff. And I think it is one of the hardest things to do when you're in your early adulthood and you're trying to figure out all this stuff, even things like paying rent and doing the laundry and (laughs) doing your own groceries and cooking and all of that stuff. It's way harder than it plays out to be. And it's like, oh, I can stay in Vancouver and live with my family and have a comfortable job and all, but I'm not really stepping out and learning what it really takes to be an adult. And when times mm-hmm. comes for me to be independent, what am I going to do? So I think yeah. that's really good that you're doing that right now. Yeah, it's a huge change. Like I finally got everything. I think I even finally settled in terms of life admin. So like I mm. got my like social security number here. I got my tax number. I... I finally opened my bank account and I just like these little things that when you're in a different country and like I don't know like back home like I have everything set up and I like had everything set up when I was a kid by my parents so I think like I feel so like I feel like an adult like doing things like paying for rent (laughs) shopping for my own groceries like doing my laundry and like yeah I, I never ever thought that I would feel so much accomplishment from doing my own laundry. Like, yeah, it's actually it's like, like this is such a small thing, but it, it is. It's like wow, I I'm grown up now. <laughs> yeah, like this is literally a telltale sign of you being an adult. Like when we're kids, we get excited by like random stuff, like oh, like, I'm going to a concert or like you know, I got this new shirt. And then now we get excited by doing laundry and like <laughs> buying groceries. I would like, say I get excited. It. Okay, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I have to do laundry tomorrow, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to do that. <laughs> Maybe you've already overcome the curve where you're like, oh, this is already like a normal part of my life, and I just need to get through yeah, it. <laughs> but yeah, I still get excited like by my it. <laughs> weekly Sunday activity. <laughs> oh my gosh, adulthood, man. Yeah. Now I want to hear about like your overall kind of reflection from university to where you are now. What do you think is mm-hmm. one or some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over these past five years? Mm. I think one one of the biggest lessons is like don't close doors too early, um, mm-hmm. and just be open to opportunities as much as possible. I think the first couple of years of university, I really limited. The opportunities for myself and I think I like either it was like I didn't feel good enough to be doing other things or I felt very comfortable and like happy with where I was just like in terms of like the stability and like security aspects but I don't think mm-hmm. I considered other aspects of my life so I think just being able to be open-minded and have um, opportunities open for you I think that's mm-hmm. super big and another thing is just connecting with as many people as possible. Um, the the way that I was able to grow my perspectives on life as well as just like learn about 
different things, but also learning new things about myself was, I think, through connecting with a lot of people, whether that is other students, other peers in your in in your school or just like mm-hmm. school community at, at large, as well as alumni or people five, ten out ten years out in their careers. I think I spent a lot of time just reaching out to people who were doing something very interesting or something that I could see myself doing in a couple of years. And I just mm-hmm. took a lot of time to be able to like connect and like learn from them. So I think that also was a big like lesson or just kind of like a big part of how I ended up where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think another thing is like international experiences also just broadened my perspective so much about the possibilities and as well as just like personal value wise um I always knew like being able to I think it's also a privilege to be able to go to different countries travel but also have these different opportunities presented to you I think Sauter has so many different programs and opportunities um for you to be able to I guess like move around um so I think I definitely leveraged and took advantage of that as much as possible Mm -hmm. that's really good advice I think for anyone in their kind of early stages of university but obviously no matter what age you are and what education level you are like it's never too late to take that advice and put that into your life especially with regards to open-mindedness meeting new people and kind of going Mm -hmm. out and doing experiences that might scare you at first like international travel or even just doing something like signing up for something that you don't feel fully qualified for and going over <laughs> that. And I'm curious to know, actually, Miriam, because throughout Sauter, also, I saw you as a very kind of like high achiever and you went through a lot of case competitions and you did a lot of stuff. Did you ever face mm-hmm. a sense of imposter syndrome while you were going through that? And how did you kind of cope with that? I think I felt, I mean, I still feel imposter syndrome here and there, but I think throughout mm-hmm. university, for sure. Um, and I think being in a business school surrounded by a lot of type A achievers, oh, yeah. I think it's, it sometimes just like feels like you're in a pressure cooker and like there's so much, I guess, like pressure on your, like that other people put on you in terms of like expectation, um, as well as like the pressure that you put on yourself say thing sometimes I you know think like what am I doing here like am I qualified enough to be doing this and I think these are kind of I don't know like a, a sense of feeling that many people go through in university mm-hmm. and just like throughout their careers so I think it's like a normal feeling to feel um but yeah like I think all throughout university when I was um yeah part of case competitions I'm like am I really like qualified to represent daughter and like leading SEC? I was like, am I the best leader for this position? Like, I think there were all these thoughts, but I think what really got me through or just was able to look past that was being able to like, I don't know, like sit down and like reflect on who I am, like how I got to where I am what I've achieved and just kind of having those like gentle reminders of yes you are enough yes you've done so many great things and I think these moments of reflections are so important just to think retrospectively um Mm because when you're 
so focused and you're so deep into your work, you sometimes lose track of who you are as a person. Like yeah. you're, you just feel like you're just doing the work and you're not good enough and you have to do more. But like, there is this whole, I don't know, life behind you that like, you've done so many great accomplishments, achievements, there's so many things to be proud of. So I think those like small moments when you're feeling like, I, I'm not good enough, you just have to like, sit down and like, calm yourself. And like, yes, you mm-hmm. are. You are good enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I absolutely love that advice. And I personally do that a lot for myself as well. Just giving myself the affirmations and the reminders mm-hmm. of, oh, like just looking back on my life, everything that it took to get me to where I am now and reminding myself that, hey, like if I came this far, then there's more growth mm-hmm. to come, right? Like I'm not gonna come here and I'm just I'm not gonna be stagnant and just stay here in my comfortable zone. And yeah. I think we're both kind of like fueled by this feeling of like growth. And I don't know, the feeling of being fueled by achievement can be toxic to some extent where we attribute too much of our worth to achievement. But in yeah. a way, it also encourages us to like step out and do a lot of hard things. So yeah. that is another question, like especially when it comes to a place like solder, where like you said, it's almost like a pressure cooker, especially in terms of, you know, <laughs> like everyone is pretty much a high achiever and it's hard to not to compare yourself to others. And there's all these mm-hmm. titles being thrown around like, oh, who's club president? Like who's working where? How much are people making? Who won this case competition? And all of that stuff. It's one thing to be proud of, for example, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like I won Ace the Case for KPMG this year. And if I can do that, I can do anything. But there's another thing to be like, oh, okay, my entire worth isn't based on one case competition that I did. Mm-hmm. So how do exactly. you personally like <laughs> kind of draw that balance and draw the line? Yeah, I mean, I think I also have a hard time like telling myself like you are not your work. And yeah. I think going to business school, like, what you study it's very vocational and like what you study it's like to get a job and it's so career focused I think like a lot of my I guess life is like surrounded by work and career Mm -hmm. accomplishments and goals so I think it's definitely hard to step outside of that circle or that like frame of thinking but I think it's a really important skill to have or not skill but just like a (laughs) mindset switch to be able to um to, to be able to know that like you are not your work and there's so much yeah. more to life than your job. Um, and then your earlier point about how do you like not compare yourself to others? I struggled with this so much in my first first few years of university. I think mm-hmm. um, all of like everyone just comes like as very high achievers from their high school and you're just surrounded by people who are like really amazing people that do really cool stuff um but I think one thing that I just had to tell myself over and over again is just everyone has such different paths and everyone has very unique um backgrounds and where they come from where they're gonna go so I think Mm -hmm. it's real it's you're comparing apples to oranges right like me versus you versus anyone else like everything about us is so different. So I think it's so unfair to myself. It's unfair to other people to be comparing in a sense. Um, And it's so inevitable to just like, you know, be like just comparing like, ah, this person got an internship here. And like this person is working over here. And I think to like, everyone just looks at things for face value, but, but it's so important to, 
take a step back and look at the bigger picture of this person's not even interested in working in this sector and like you know mm-hmm. just all these things like everyone has a very unique pathway so mm-hmm. um it's really important to have that front and center yeah. Yeah, that is so well said. And it's so important to remind yourself too, like when you're using these surface level benchmarks for comparing like, oh, this person is working at this company, but asking the question like, oh, did they choose to work there as a status symbol? Are they actually genuinely passionate about what they do? And just remembering that everyone, like you said, like has their own story and their own path. And nothing like you can't compare apples to oranges and it doesn't make sense. And I think it is unfortunate that I do witness a lot of people that go through and choose to do something because they want to show it off as kind of a status symbol and say, Hey, like I made it. I got my free, like I got my CFA or like I work here and I make this much money. But deep down that is kind of a sign of them attaching too much of their self identity to their achievements, but not really reflecting on like, Oh, is this really what I want? If maybe deep down they wanted to, you know, move across the country and go to Europe and live there for six months, but maybe they were too scared to take that leap. So, yeah, like you said, it's not fair to compare. So never feel that pressure that you need to one up everybody else because it doesn't make sense. And I think it mm-hmm. as we come to like later into our careers, well, not later into our careers, but our university experience wrapping up and us taking different paths. I think when we first started in solder, it was more common to compare just because we're all like starting at the same place and everyone's like looking for internships and whatnot. But as we go through more like self-discovery throughout university, especially like look how different all of us ended up on our paths. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) we all ended up in places that we wouldn't have guessed we would be like a few years back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So true. (laughs) Yeah. It's so crazy to think about. Like I honestly marvel at just thinking about all of us and where we started and like, how far we should we've draw come. like a map of all of us like <laughs> first year university to like after grad like how yeah like expectation versus reality <laughs> like, yeah honestly like it just blows my mind like how in first year like we're all saying oh my gosh like in this many years we're all going to be working at this company and we get to go to, for drinks together and christmas parties <laughs> and now it's like we're all on different continents like you know (laughs) like even sandy's like in asia and you're in europe and i'm here in vancouver like it just blows my mind and we're all doing jobs that we didn't expect that we would be doing but we are and Mm -hmm. we are loving it we're fulfilled and i think the biggest piece is like we aren't we don't have regrets of like oh like what if i did something else because we just went for it yeah Yeah. i think so for i was just looking back i was around this time last year I applied for the job that I have right now and Mm. it was so crazy to think because a year ago like I had no idea I would be living in Europe like yeah it was always in that in in my head I was like oh like yeah I want to live in Europe like that's my goal but like I just had no idea that it would actually be true and it Mm -hmm. just amazes me to see like how things like how much things can change in a course of a year or like even a couple of months um if you put your mind to it if you like devote a lot of time and commit to to a goal that you have I think it's super doable um yeah Mm -hmm. agreed I think that piece of devotion is huge too like how do you know when to keep going versus like give up that's a good question (laughs) I I I don't know I think it's just like a it's just like a it it varies for everyone for me I think um 
like I knew for sure that like after that moment like after I had to come back home from like from Barcelona because of COVID I was like ah Mm -hmm. I need to come back to Europe in the next year (laughs) or something like I was I was so upset at that point and I'm like I'm like whatever it takes I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. um and it it was really tough like I got rejected so many times from um companies and like I would I would spend so many hours writing a cover letter and then like immediately get rejected that's the worst rejection when you Mm -hmm. just submit an application and then it's like an automatic message thank you for applying and thank you for your interest but unfortunately I was like ah Um, (laughs) so yeah I think it's but it like when you face rejection when you face failure it just like makes you stronger in a sense and makes you like Mm. you get back up each time and like it gets less painful like each Mm -hmm. rejection gets less painful and it's like each rejection means one step closer to actually achieving what you need to achieve Um, yeah so I think it's just like the like flipping your mindset to, Mm to think more positively than than the other way around yeah yeah, I really like the piece you had about just having that intention of like, hey, I'm going to go back and setting that intention and just keeping that <laughs> conviction of going for it. And it's so true. Like rejections are always, I like to say rejections rejections are just redirections. And you remember earlier this year, I was going through such a rough patch and I literally <laughs> like called you and I was like bawling my eyes out. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know what to do. Drop it. It's so stressful. I lost all my money. Like it was just so stressful. <laughs> and sometimes I think those moments... I don't want to say they're like necessary, but they're really big like inflection points for your life. Cause you're kind of forced mm-hmm. to like sit down and be like, okay, so this is what happened. Like what's my next best move and what did I learn from this? So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm grateful to have had you through my downs, but also <laughs> be with you and celebrate through our achievements. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's such an important, I guess, trait or mindset. I don't know what the right word is, but just being mm-hmm. able to, be resilient and have grit and like get back up once like you fail or you you feel so low like at a really low point I think it's such a strength to be able to be resilient in those times um Mm -hmm. like knowing who to go to for support knowing what you need to do for yourself is super important in those times yeah, totally agree. Now, kind of one last question to wrap up the conversation. What is one piece of advice you would give to like younger Marion? I guess Marion of first year. <laughs> uh, hmm. I think it would be like similar to what I said before. Um, like just be super open earlier on. Um. And I think I would have also said to sit down and really reflect on what matters mm-hmm. to me and like, what are my career goals, but what are my, also my personal goals? Like, what do I want to achieve personally, like as a human being in this, mm-hmm. on this earth? Like, I think a lot of the times you just get so carried away with school and jobs and all of that that you don't really take time to think about like what do I want to be doing like like I love road biking like do I want to like I don't know race like is that something that I'm interested in but you know there's so many other things to life that bring you happiness and just contentment 
So yeah, I think lots of reflection and mm -hmm. mm, yeah, and like just leveraging every opportunity that you that comes your way. Mm -hmm. I love that reflect reflection piece. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think it's so important, <laughs> especially in the hustle and bustle of being in such a I don't know high demand, like busy city and busy program to sit down and think about who are you yeah. really and what do you really want instead of what people are telling you. I mean, I think it's, it's hard. It's harder or easier said than done. I mean, for like sure. it's easy for me to say now, but I'm, I'm mm -hmm. looking back. I was so stressed and always like, you know, so focused with what's immediately ahead of me, my exams, mm -hmm. assignments, like homework, all of that, that yeah. you don't, really have the luxury or the time to sit back and like think about all these things mm -hmm. but I think it's really important whenever you have the time or like purposely set the time to think about it mm -hmm. I even like the word that you use luxury like it really is a luxury to give yourself the permission and space to sit down and think about this stuff and yeah it's just I a think simple it's, it's sometimes like just hard to find yeah, the time and prioritize that because Agreed. there's so many just other things happening. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But I would, I would have definitely wanted to spend more time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. that is one thing I would have done differently. I guess. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, oh, no regrets because we ended up where we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if things work itself out eventually yeah, they do and it's not gonna follow the path that you planned out most likely but they do fall into place <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah love that advice thank you so much marion for coming on my podcast and sharing all of that those reflections and about your journey it's really inspiring and i think especially for younger listeners who are kind of you know facing like career uncertainty and life uncertainty to hear stories like this so i really appreciate that if anyone feels like they want to reach out to you to chat more where can people find you uh yes linkedin my instagram's private <laughs> <laughs> i guess linkedin's probably the best option okay yeah. perfect i will link that in the description for you guys if you guys want to connect with marion on linkedin and check out the cool stuff that she's up to but otherwise thank you guys so much for listening and that's all for today bye yay so much for tuning into this episode i hope marion's story gave you guys some more insight into what exactly is actually possible post-graduation spoiler anything is possible doesn't matter if you didn't even go to university if you went and dropped out if you want to pursue a master's move to a new country go teach english in asia move to the states to start a new like whatever it is that you want to do i think that anything is possible and the exciting thing about post-grad life is that it is really what you make of it and I'm really relishing in this post-grad life excitement right now, even though I have chosen a path of more stability here in my home in Vancouver because I do love this city and I do feel very happy with my job. I believe that really anything is possible. So go out there and kudos to these 20-somethings taking big leaps. And of course, when you take risk, make sure it is calculated risk. I am not a um, an advocate for people just dropping everything and starting a new life in a new place with $1 in your bank account. That may sound glamorized, but... I think it is very important to be very calculated with any of your decisions and really think about the um, the realisticness of, of these things. But anyways, that was a random tangent, but go Marion. Super proud of her for taking that leap. Thank you guys so much for being here for season five. I have a lot more episodes coming out, obviously, obviously 
like why wouldn't I it's not ending this podcast um but 2022 is just on the horizon so respect you can expect some episodes that are kind of like oh we're setting a fresh foundation I think hmm, I think I might do a solo episode on kind of how I've changed through 2021 which was a very big year of change for me and kind of the decisions I've decided to make to set the foundation for myself moving forward and so stay tuned for that I've also been going a through a bit of a kind of like identity crisis not with myself but actually with my instagram page (laughs) for this podcast so i'm kind of still experimenting with posts to do and all that which is great that i divide this into seasons because that way i can experiment with different things so if you ever do have any feedback from my instagram page please hit me up i would love to hear more of what you guys think of my content what you like to me maybe see more of or see less of so so that can kind of guide the constant evolution of the page which is also representative of our of our constant evolution through life right because how can we possibly keep one identity forever it's it's just not possible it's like we should be in a constant state of rebranding guys and i think that is that is important to to do to be flexible of anyways guys thank you so much for being here if you want to stay in touch with our podcast be sure to give us a follow on instagram at i'm in my 20s and also check out the new website that i am building for this podcast and my personal it's meikwang.com forward slash podcast i hope it's done by the time you guys hear this but if not check back in like a few months i'm 100 sure it'll be done guys squarespace is so nice please sponsor me but anyways that's all for today hope you guys have a lovely day bye guys <laughs>